Greetings and welcome to A Stone in Zion, the weekly podcast of Zion Lutheran Church. Um, I could say it's weekly, but that's kind of a stretch there a little bit. I've been gone here for the last four or five weeks. Um, Been doing some vacation time, and that's kind of good. Been in and out. I preached a couple weeks there. I took a couple weeks off, and I took another week off, and... um, Vacation time is up. School time is about ready to begin. We're getting ready for Sunday school and um, catechism class. So looking forward to that sort of routine, returning back to normal. Did enjoy the summertime. And just a, I had a few thoughts, but I don't have an interview today. Just a few thoughts, though, on time off and um, how... I, you know, how important it is and how I really enjoyed it. I hope, it, hope it's something that, that you make use of too. Um, you know, I took two weeks to go to Maine and then I have my third week of vacation. And in some ways, I almost just kind of let it slide. And I've done that in the past um, where I have a couple weeks that we want to go somewhere, do something. And then I don't really have any plans and so that third week of vacation just kind of uh doesn't get used um i think in the last two years i've used it and i think that's intentional in fact this time it was it was intentional i had to kind of go out of my way to make sure that it was being used so that i could get out there and just take a little time off spend time with my kids i know that uh, you know they're not getting any younger and amount of time that they're going to be living in the house is limited, but uh, also just a, a chance to get out into nature and to appreciate all that God has done for us. I think uh, we can't really underestimate that in our lives too, that, that time that we need. I know sometimes people say they're too busy to take a vacation, that they have to work. Um, and I think we should work. We should work hard, um, of course, but we should also make sure we get that rest time as well. And uh, for me, at least, it, there's no better way of doing it than by getting out there in nature and um, seeing what God has created for us. And uh, so, you know, someone asked me today if uh, I was all rested up. <laughs> I had to think about that a little bit because uh, a lot of times my camping trips, we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of different things, but perhaps they're not always the most restful in the sense that we're working hard, doing camping, um, going on hikes, doing kind of strenuous things. They're often kind of strenuous trips, but um, it still is restful in a sense, in a sense of resting the mind, perhaps. Maybe I'm doing lots of packing and and moving and things like that, but uh, my mind gets a chance to maybe slow down a little bit, think about some of the simpler things, and um, maybe my body will get a chance to rest some other time. I don't know. Um, you know there's always time for that, right, at other points in time. It seems like in the, in the winter, uh, there's not as much strenuous things to do. Um, so just a, a kind of a thought there on that as I reflect on uh, the last few weeks here and some of the, the time off I had, the blessings that come with that, and uh, 
encourage you to to make use of that time. And also a few thoughts here about the sermon. Uh, it's about Ecclesiastes one and two. It's preaching on that, and it's talking about meaningless. And I've I've always found that text fascinating. When Solomon says meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. I always think, you know what, you know what do you mean, Solomon? How can you say everything is meaningless? Can you really say that about God and about everything? Well, he's not really saying that about God per se or about faith. He's he's looking at the chasing after things that that don't last and um you know, I find myself catching myself, and I imagine all of us do, at times getting wrapped up in sort of material things. And it's good for us to, you know, take a lesson here from Solomon as we recognize that, yeah, there's really no point in getting all wrapped up in these things that don't last. Find the thing that is meaningful. And there are plenty of meaningful things that God gives to us in his word. So I guess without further ado, I'll I'll go ahead and play uh, the sermon. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for your patience here as I was kind of taking some time off from the podcast. Our first lesson for today will serve as the text for our sermon. And uh, this has always been an interesting text that I've always thought of interesting part of scripture where the the writer there Solomon says meaningless meaningless says the teacher and uh, as we'll see throughout the sermon and as looking at here we see certainly there are some things in this world that truly are meaningless but of course God brings meaning into our lives Ecclesiastes 1 and 2 meaningless meaningless says the teacher Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I hated all the things that I had toiled for under the sun, because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. Yet he will have control over all the work into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days his work is pain and grief. Even at night his mind does not rest. This too is meaningless. A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Our first lesson. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are a parent, you know how important it is for you to 
make life a little bit better for your children. Isn't that kind of what most parents want to do? You know, they, they look at their life and maybe it's good, bad, whatever, but they say, well, I want my children to have even better than what I had it. That's sort of the goal, right? And part of that, part of the way that I think most people do that is, is by warning the next generation about the mistakes that you made, right? And, and I think every generation kind of does that, right? They, they tell the next generation about uh, some of the mistakes they made, hoping that next generation won't make those same mistakes. But of course, what happens, right? They, they do. Um, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. You know, history is something that's taught in high schools, but I think a lot of times people think, oh, what do I need history for? I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a history professor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a doctor or an engineer or whatever I want to do in my life, and, and pff, I don't need history for that. But of course, if you don't know what's happened in the past, you can't learn from the mistakes. And... Today, we're looking at a book that was written by Solomon. And, you know, we maybe know a little bit about Solomon. Maybe you're familiar with that, the fact that he was a very wise man. In fact, uh, the wisest man. And really, he wrote three books of the Bible. You weren't aware of that. First book that he wrote was Song of Songs. And that was sort of a, an interesting sort of a love story between a husband and a wife. And it sort of symbolized the love between God and, and believers. But that was written when he was a young man. And then he wrote his next book, Proverbs, kind of at the prime of his life. And in Proverbs, it's full of, of weighty wisdom. And uh, he was still sort of a very bold in his thoughts. And then that brings us to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is the last book that um, Solomon wrote. And it was when his hairs were gray. It was as an old man. And you can almost read it in that context of, of an old man trying to warn the next generation about the mistakes that he made especially when it comes to materialism. Today we're continuing what it means to be a follower of Christ. We know that it, to be a follower of Christ, we have to uh, recognize that, that materialism is meaningless. And we can learn our lesson here from Solomon about that important truth. Now, as I mentioned before, I always thought this section of the Bible was really interesting. I mean, it starts all meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Seems kind of pessimistic, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I was always told that, that Christians are optimistic. Well, it is kind of pessimistic. But really, only when looking at a certain aspect of his life, when he's looking at the labors of his hand, when he's looking at all the things that he had done in his life and the materialism that he had engaged in, he saw that it was really all fruitless. 
It wasn't worth his effort. Now, Solomon was the king of Israel. And that in and of itself would have made him to be a very wealthy person. Because at his time of his reign, the, Israel was a world power. So he was a very wealthy man just from that. But we're also told he was sort of like a businessman. He conducted uh, trade. He had gotten a fleet of trade ships. And this is, this is a long time ago. This is 3,000 years ago. And they went down to the southern parts of Africa, brought monkeys back up to, and sold them and traded them. He was an entrepreneur. You can think of, of men like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, you know, these, these uh, inventors, these, these CEOs of big companies. That was Solomon. He was the wealthiest and the wisest man in the whole world. And it's interesting that he, as this ultra, ult, you know, this ultimate businessman, looks back at all the money, all the things that he had, and when is when he's old, full of gray hair, he looks back and he says, meaningless. Doesn't matter. And the, actually, the word there that we have translated as meaningless in English, I think sometimes, like in the King, King James Version, it doesn't say vanity, I think. Uh, the idea, the, the word there, though, is the word for breath. And that's an interesting picture. But a week ago, I got up pretty early in the morning. It was one of those cold days we were having. I went for a walk. I remember walking in August. And I could see my breath. You know, when it's that cold, you can do that, right? But of course, how long did my breath stay in the air as I breathed out? Oh, for a second, maybe. And then what happened? It vanished, right? It disappeared. It was gone. And that's really the word that Solomon is using to describe all these things that he worked so hard for. Like a breath. It's there, you can see it, and then it's gone. Kind of profound, isn't it? When you see how he looked at, at those things and how fleeting they are. And, and really, it is a good reminder for us, too. And sometimes there's these, these things that happen in the world that, that remind us that, yeah, the, the stuff that we get doesn't last. Oh, it was, what, 10, 15 years ago, the housing market changed. If you bought high and then had to sell low, boy, that hurt. And every once in a while, I mean, you hear about the stock market uh, crashing and, and all these sorts of things, and we're reminded how quickly things can change and how, yes, the things of this world are meaningless. They're like a breath. You might work hard to get a, a boat or a car and, or go on a, a, a trip, but then, you know, something happens to destroy your car, your boat, you get sick right before your trip and you lose all your, all the money you put into it. You know, there's these things that happen in our lives that sort of remind us that, yeah, they're like a vapor. And I guess maybe if we're really honest with ourselves, we all have to admit there's been times when we have grasped at vapors. 
when we've wanted to hold on to something, some, some object, some, some material thing, and we thought, oh, I would be happy if I had that. This would make me, make my life complete. But the truth is, we know it doesn't. It's very brief. It doesn't last. And we need to, I guess, go to God and ask for forgiveness when we have become overcome with those material things. And know that he does. But, you know, let's, let's change gears for a second here. We obviously know, we can learn from Solomon's lesson that materialism, you know, it's not something that, that we should go for. We should avoid that. Because it doesn't last. But there are some other things that, that don't last. And I think even the world in general, you know, like the unbelieving world recognizes that, that getting things, money, and those kinds of things is not all that it cracks up to be. You know, I think even unbelievers realize that, that uh, there's more to life than just getting things. Some will say, well, yeah, that's why I, I volunteer, I help out, or I help out with the environment. I try to make this world a little bit better for the next generation by doing what I can. And those are, are good things, of course. But are these things in and of themselves things that, that truly make a difference in life? Are these things that, that bring meaning to our life? I think they too are, in a sense, kind of like a vapor, a breath that can easily disappear. Now you think about a, a person who uh, goes down the street and cleans up all the litter. And they think, ah, oh, I did a great thing. They go by the next day and they see that garbage is all strewed all over it again. It's frustrating, right? Makes you want to call out like, like Solomon, meaningless, meaningless. Or a person who, who tries to help out some needy person, gives them some things that they need and tries to help them out, but then they know that there's a five other scammers who are going to come and try to scam them out of everything that they have, and they're going to give them their stuff. You know, that can be frustrating too, right? When you want to help someone, and you realize that there's more people trying to hurt them than they are trying to help them. I guess in this world, we're all kind of struggling to find things that brings meaning to our life. And I think that's what Solomon was really ultimately struggling with, too. What is meaningful? He found that it wasn't gathering as much wealth as he could and becoming the richest person in the world, which he did. And I don't even know if those other things truly bring meaning in and of themselves, especially when they are devoid of God. What alone can truly bring meaning into our lives? Well, and I think that's really what Solomon is getting into in verse 26 in our text, when he says, to the man who pleases him, God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. 
But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So it's talking there about the man who pleases God. Now, that's another way of talking about the believer. So what it's saying here in this text is, to the believer, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. And I guess we see that life really only has meaning when God gives it meaning. And that can really only come through faith. And you look at how people have, have chased after meaning in their life with trying to fill it with all these things. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But really, it's a chasing after a, the wind. We can look to Jesus, who is the one who gives meaning to life. It says they're the one who, who believes in God. Well, believes in Jesus as his Savior. See, without Jesus, our lives would be meaningless, wouldn't they? Because this life would be all that there would be. You know, we'd live our 70, 80, 90 years, how many ever years it is the Lord gives us. And then that would be it. And we'd be separated from everything that was good and be eternally dead. Without Jesus, that would be it. This life would be it. All there is to it. And it, I guess, would be meaningless. And I think so many, so many people have struggled with, so many unbelievers have struggled with that concept of trying to find meaning. And really, we can only find that meaning in Christ and in who he is and what he has done for us. Jesus gives meaning to our lives because he died to take away our sins. So that we wouldn't have to suffer that eternal death. Jesus removed that guilt and made us to be right with God. So now that we can stand before God and know that he accepts us. And that when we die, he will take us to be with him for all eternity. And then we realize that this life how many ever years it is the Lord should give us, that they're fleeting, that they only last a little while. It teaches us to look, to look ahead to that life that God has in store for us, life eternal. You know, here on this world, in this world, we see work, toil. We see this, this, Toil that, that uh, Solomon talked about in our text. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with work. It's good. We should work. Nothing wrong with money that we receive. It's good. We can use that to serve the Lord and to serve our families. All these things are things that God gives to us. But when it comes to true meaning, it only comes through faith in Christ. 
So I guess we can live our lives and, and make the mistakes that people have made before us. You know, we can always forget about history, forget about what the people in the past tell us as that's possible. But I think we should take what Solomon has to say. Take Solomon's word for it. And really, take Jesus' word for it, too, as he tells us in the gospel lesson about the, the fool who stored up money for himself but was not rich towards God. Let's find our contentment. Yes, from a life lived in Christ, from a life that is content with the things that this world has, and even we can find enjoyment in the things that this world has. But we find our true meaning in what Christ offers for us. We find wisdom, knowledge, and happiness, as Solomon says, in faith in Christ, who saved us, who redeemed us, and who now gives meaning to us. Amen. Amen.